Uh-oh, we're back. Part two, Mike Checker. What microphone are you checking? I don't know. But guess what, guys? It's John Hughes. And Kenya Hughes. And together, together we, we are the Hughes. Back for part two. You guys, we are so happy to be back this evening to talk to you all about our second part series on life after loss. So last week, we talked a little bit, not a little bit, we talked quite a bit about our journey, um, how we got to where we are and why we're doing what we're doing. We closed out last week talking about Selah, and Selah means Stuart, everything, loving, always husband. John talked about being a steward of his home and how he supported me and supports me in the journey that we're on through infertility. And this week, we're just going to go back through and we're going to complete what has happened to us after we have had our losses. As you know, um, this is this really is for anyone that is listening to us. But this episode, we're really podcast. We're really talking to our people that um, and our women and our men and our couples that have lost children through infertility. This week here actually is the week National Infertility Awareness Week. So we need to talk about it, take the stigma off of it, and really make people aware of infertility. So one of the things that I want to talk about, as you all know, I love quotes. You all heard me last week, quote, quote, quote. One of the quotes that I read says, it is hard to wait around for something you know might never happen, but it is even harder to give up when you know it is everything you want. Wow. Isn't that powerful? That's powerful. Yes. So for us, it has been hard to wait around for something that we know may never happen. We know that God has a plan and a purpose for our life. And we are okay with that plan and that purpose for our life. It has not easy been an easy journey to get there. But it's still hard. And it says in the end, but it is even harder to give up when you know it is everything you want. We haven't given up, you guys. Here's the thing. This is a constant journey. We're always moving. We're always evolving. We're always praying uh, secretly. I wouldn't even say secretly. Sometimes we're still searching and hoping and wishing that that one day will come when we can take that test that I talked about last week. When I talked about laying and taking the P test, we can take that P test and it comes back pregnant and the baby sticks. That's the goal that we have for ourselves. And I know that there are many of you all that have that out there as well. We often have asked ourselves, what were you going to say, John? Well, you know, I, I think it's very important that we also understand that uh, as as human beings, we, we, we expect to win. Mm-hmm. We expect not to see ourselves personally fail or be disappointed or not expect what we expect. Right. And we have to be mature enough and wise enough to realize that not everything is going to go our way. That's a hard pill to swallow. A really hard pill to swallow. When you, you grow up, so as women we grow up, not all women, I'm going to say. A lot of women that I know, including myself, grow up thinking that we're going to have children, we're going to have this white picket fence, and life is going to be perfect. And then you get to that stage in your life where it doesn't happen, and then there's the disappointment. That is a very hard pill to swallow. And then you go year after year after year of the disappointments. Then you begin to question yourself, why, why us? 
but you always have said, John, and you've taught me, why not us? Amen. I think it's also um, what we have to realize is that not everybody's process is the same. Right. So, you know, your, your process could take uh, a couple of months or a couple of years. Um, no one is assigned a certain pro- pro- uh, promise without a uh, particular process attached to it. Um, a lot of us uh, believe also that we're entitled to something. Oh, that's good. And um, in fact, there's no promises placed on the table. When you're brought into this world as a human being, there's nothing but hope and promises that have been brought to you that you may or may not be able to fulfill. That's true. You know, you you said you may, you may get it and you may get it when you, I don't remember exactly how you just said it, but you have to also be of the acceptance that it may not happen for you. Amen. So if you become of the acceptance that it may not happen for you, moving through the process becomes that much easier. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you all, delay, though, you guys, does not mean denial. Amen. Just because you've been delayed does not mean that you have been denied. You can go on to do great things in other aspects and other parts of your life with or without a child. So for John and I, after our five miscarriages, our failed adoption, and the loss of John's twin brother, we asked ourselves, why not us? We have now learned, we used to ask ourselves, I'm sorry, why us? Not why not us. We would ask ourselves, why us? Why are we going through these things? Why does God do these things to us? But now we've learned to ask ourselves, why not us? What I've learned over the last um, six, seven, eight years is that we have a story to tell. And had we not gone through what we have gone through, we wouldn't have a story to tell. We wouldn't be touching lives and changing lives. Our test, our testimonies, but that doesn't mean that they are for us. Our testimonies are oftentimes for someone else. We have to learn to be at peace. One of my favorite quotes that a friend told me one time that was going through a divorce, she came to visit me at work. And she just looked broken. And I said, are you okay? She said, can you one day I'll move from pieces to piece. And when I get from pieces to piece, I'll be okay. That friend now has gone on to do some amazing things in her life. And I'm so proud of her. But that has always stuck with me that you have to know that no matter where you are in your journey and in your story, that it inspires. At a point in life, you're going to go from the pe- the broken pieces that you are to a place of peace. That was just so powerful for me. What peace means? Peace, it does not mean to be in a place where there is no noise, trouble, or hard work. It means to be in the mind, in the midst of those things and still be calm in your heart. One more time. Peace, it does not mean to be in a place where there is no noise, trouble, or hard work. It means to be in the midst of those things and still be calm in your heart. No matter what's going on in your life, no matter what chaos you have going on in your life, to be able to be in a place of peace through it all, that is where we all strive and that's where we all want to be. I believe that one day we'll all wake up and our vision will be clear. We will understand that there is a purpose in our pain and we will find our place of peace. That's our goal that I have for John and I. Um, Each day, 
that we go through life, I strive to have more and more peace in my life. And that's that's incredible, hun. So listen to this definition of to purpose. The reason for which something is done, created or which something exists. And you go down and you check on this other definition. It has have as one's intention or objective. God has always allowed suffering, even purposed it. Mm. So in order for you to realize your purpose, your destiny, God will shake up the waters of your life, especially when you have gone through waters that's been nothing but smooth sailing. God will intentionally shake up the waters so that you will run into some adversity. And the adversity is designed to shape you in the character, in the movement, in the journey that you must go in order for you to realize what you're meant to do. Mm, that is good. Here's when we find our purpose, right? We go through things in life. Uh, as John said, that definition was great. We begin to find our purpose. When you find your purpose, then you find your peace. For us, through this loss, it has allowed us to figure out our purpose in life. Some of the things that we have done and how we have dealt with our loss is we have started doing random acts of love in our community. And those you guys bring us the great, for me, they bring us the greatest joy. Uh, I'm getting ready to have my 44th birthday in May. And I have asked 44 people to do 44 random acts of kindness. When we're doing these things, we've gone through, if we did not have this loss that we have gone through, I may not be inspired to do the things that I'm doing, but we're also helping people along the way. From doing our random acts of love, we've been able to start a nonprofit, We Are The Hughes, where we serve the underserved in our community and in other cities. The we in We Are The Hughes are the people that we serve, that serve along with us and the people that we serve. They are all a part of our community. John, one of the things that he has done to find purpose um, is to be a big brother for big brothers, big sisters. He's had a big, I'm sorry, he's a big, he's had a little for the last eight years. So we met his little when he was in middle school. He's now gone on to graduate from high school and they still have a great relationship. God, when I tell you all this part, God has blessed us with more children than we could even dream of through our acts of service and of love. Oh, Lord, don't send no more. Why don't we send can't no send any more, Oh, Lord, Jesus. Why not? Whoo, I'm a little cheering off, Jane. You know, you know, I meant to talk to you about um the this weekend going when we did the little Easter egg hunt, when we always do it every year. You guys. How many babies did we have in the front yard? 12? I think it was 12. It was 12? I think so. It seemed like more. John, you guys, so each year we do this Easter egg. It used to be an Easter egg dinner. Now it's just a straight Easter egg party. Like, it's just gone past the dinner party. (laughs) We eat, but it is just a straight party. But Easter is one of my favorite... Actually, no. It is my favorite holiday. And I'll tell you why. For me, I love children. John loves children. Every other holiday, the children spend with... So Christmas is a big holiday for children, right? You spend it with your family. You spend it with your parents. Their birthdays, they spend it with their family. They spend it with their parents. Easter is a holiday for me that I can express my love to the children that are nearest and dearest to me. Now, it's always a process. Lord, have mercy is it a process 
to get prepared and get to that point for the Easter party. But we have so much fun with those children. Those children have allowed me to find purpose in my life and also have allowed me to bless other children and open my heart up to open uh, to other children we have one child it started with chloe who was six years old when we started our easter dinner chloe is now 18 and graduating and now there are these 11 other children that have come behind her and this really all started because of her so she has touched our life and she really has helped us find the purpose um, at a very early stage of our miscarriage and our loss. Love her to death. You know, it's funny. Uh, my wife dreams up these these incredible events and she has me involved with the process. And I am um, nicknamed her free labor. So she uh, really she she uses me to to her best ability. And um, I love being uh, be putting put into a situation where I get to serve her in any of her endeavors and we we feed off each other because the projects that we do are designed to put us in a position to serve and uh if it says in scripture that that's your minimal service um i'm glad to do so the um every single year i have to put out anywhere from 40 to 80 bales of pine straw depending on how bad the beds are the flower beds are around the bushes and everything. Oh, he complains. You and know. every single year, I have somewhere a uh, two-year-old or three-year-old, five, six, seven, they're arguing with me while I tell them to get out of my pine straw. But I got the little solution this year. This year, I'm going to use a little special device called the attention getter, which I'm going to be able to use next year when I, when I want them little... Um, miniature uh people to get out of my yard from messing up my pine straw john is like he loves children but he's really like ebenezer scrooge when it comes to the children <laughs> the children were drawing on the sidewalk no my wife is an enabler that's what she is drawing on the sidewalk you all that's not you know, why that you sidewalk me? chalk that's what they're supposed why to you do tell the truth they're supposed to draw they did graffiti up our driveway they had a hilarious mural, a mural of confusion in my driveway they're so sweet though they say, Uncle John, Auntie Kenya, they're so sweet. How does a, a, a five-year-old who's supposed to be drawing chalk on the pavement end up having chalk over at every single inch of his body? He just needed a little bit of lotion. No, he yeah, he looked like he needed some lotion. He must have rolled <laughs> in the chalk. <laughs> Anyways, you all, that dinner, that act is very special to us. The next thing that we do, we have been able to emcee events together and individually. And that has been a blessing to us because we started our We Are The Hughes nonprofit. And in starting the nonprofit, it opened doors up for us to be able to talk about our infertility journey, talk about serving. It's opened doors. Two weeks ago, we spoke on an infertility panel in um, Douglas County, Georgia. Um, we spoke to about 40 women about our journey and our story and how we as a couple have made it through infertility. A lot of couples don't make it through this journey. They either grow further apart. We have grown closer through our infertility journey. So we talk about that. John and I have, John and I have also emceed some events. So if you all need an MC for any events, 
It's a shameless plug. I'm just saying. <laughs> just make sure you call us. We are a lot of fun. I know that you all can't see us. You can hear us. But we're a ton of fun. I'm not like tooting our own horn. But that's what people tell us. That we're fun. Okay. I digress. You digress? Moving I'm just on. saying. Okay. So the events. We have uh, MC- we emceed our church's jazz fest. We have... MC- what else did we do, John? We did... The Church's Jazz Fest. Right. We did, oh, I've emceed our women's tea. I emceed a women's conference in Augusta. I'm just I'm just telling you all, we're there if you need us. We're there if you need us. Okay? We've also mentored married couples um, and couples going through infertility struggles. Let me tell you all, if y'all have not figured it out, John is like the best counselor, the best motivator, he can come up with words, and I don't mean just any word, but words of wisdom, words of advice, words of encouragement, words of love, where sometimes I am like, Mm-mm, I'm done. John can speak life over an entire, like totally over your situation. So those are some of the things that we have been able to do. So those are the, what we have done to be able to find our purpose. And what we've also learned to do is we've learned to find joy in the journey. Amen. The journey is not easy. The journey is long. You can get tired. You can grow weary. You can be angry. Or you can find joy in it. Early in the journey, we were tired. We were weary. I was angry. But I was able to pray and move through that. And now I'm able to find joy. The things that I just talked about, the things that we do, that is what helps us to find joy in our journey. So we are going to continue to find joy in the journey and where we are. John, how do you feel about, what can you tell the, our listeners about finding joy in the journey? Well, you know, as you, you, you go through your journey of disappointment, you as a man me personally the first thing comes comes to mind is how do you acknowledge recognize and accept the pain that you're going through because you have to gather yourself quickly so that you can run to the aid of your mate you as a man i need to make sure and know that my mate AKA Kenya Hughes, my wife and love of my life, um, is okay. And uh, when you have a series of um, miscarriages, there's an emotional roller coaster that you that you go through that no one outside of your immediate family really knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, people can assume that they know what's going on, and they can they can say to you. I know how you feel, but they really don't know how you feel. And uh, that's a scary part. You know, emotionally, you're so detached and so stressed about what is happening. You can't process it. Right. You, you can't even see what the solution really is. Right. But through all of that, you still somehow you end up on the other side. I like to say we end up on the other side of through. So we end up on the other side of through. And then when we end up on the other side of what we've gone through, then we begin the second part of our journey. In the second part of our journey, 
that's where we find the joy in the journey. So all the things that John talked about is the first part of the journey. Now we're on the second part of the journey. And that's where we have to find the joy. You did say one thing, John, though, that you said, no, your immediate, your immediate family are some of the people that know what you're going through. Sometimes you guys, you think that your immediate family knows, but they don't really know right? You're going through situations, you're going through things in life. And sometimes when you're in a partnership, you're in a marriage, you're in um, a relationship, the only people that really know what you're going through is the person that you are in it with. So your family is not going to be able to understand. They're not going to be able to relate. I think I think also there's a very important that this is not a closed door journey. I think the number one mistake that we make as couples that are going through miscarriages is that we get we get so private. Mm-hmm. I think that's truly the mistake. I think we should you should be very very open to speak about what's going on with your miscarriages. And I'll tell you why. In the past keeping this inside of your heart, inside of your home stops you from having the discussion about what happened. And that discussion will take you onto the road of healing. Mm. Self-reflection, having the conversations with your mate, having your conversations with counselors, having the conversations with your pastor, or having the conversations with your doctor that creates a dialogue of healing. Um, I think it's very important that it first starts with your significant other, that both of you look at this particular journey as no one's fault, that you also see it as, even though it's an opportunity that did not happen, that there are new opportunities that it will and can happen. I think it's important that we also realize that when God says, when you say no, it just means that God is saying not yet. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that can be relevant in so many aspects of our life. When God says no, we often want to say it's not going to happen to me. It's never going to happen to me. But that is exactly what John said. That does not mean, that's not what he means. Everything happens in his time. Let me tell you, I have a testimony. I'm not going to share it tonight. But it, it, it was. it's definitely a testimony of where I believe that God was telling me no. But it was definitely a not yet moment. So what I want you all to know that in life after loss, the key points are, that we have to move through the process. We have to find joy in the journey. You've got to go through your five steps. We've got your steps of grief that you have to go through. You also have to know that you can't give up and you got to know your reasons why. You got to have your reasons why you're going through what you're going through, why you're going through it for yourself. You got to know why, what is God trying to teach you in going through that process? Because there's a lesson in everything, you guys. As much as we do not want to believe that, everything that we go through, whether we do it to ourselves, we bring it on ourselves, 
whether it happens because someone has done something to us, they have wronged us, they have lied about us, whatever it is that has happened, there's a reason for that. And in that, you have to learn how to move through the process. In all of those things, we lose something. You may not lose something necessarily physically. You may not lose a child. You may not lose your husband. You may not lose your sibling. You may lose hope in your job. You may lose faith in humanity, but you have to know that there is a reason why that, and that is all a part of your testimony. So when we talk about life after loss, that can be lost in so many different aspects of your life. So it's how you take the loss part and how you relate that to your life. And even in that loss, you're still going through stages of of grief and disappointment and hurt. But what do you do when you get on the other side of that? I think it's I think it's also um, very important that we all realize that when we're hit with something that our character, our ego, our position, our uh, our blessed life Mm -hmm. doesn't reflect when it happens it doesn't reflect what we think we should have oh yes that we're mature enough yes to accept the moment the time that we are strong enough to recognize that we're not perfect Mm. and in our imperfect situation that we're not broken, we're not unworthy, we have purpose, we're desired, we're wanted, uh, and as we go through this particular part of our life where we might consider it to be a failure or, or a denial, that we have garnered up the strength that we need to see it through. Um, when we're hit with these type of... Uh, disappointments in life that we think that we can't make it through that we are already pre-wired to be strong Mm. and when you're pre-wired to be strong you're pre-wired to survive you know there's nothing that in life that we don't have a survivability factor right that we can survive these situations it all depends on how we look at it right you know, um, we have to realize that we're given enough rations mm. to survive this struggle. My mom always told me, said, John, God has looked into your life before you were even born and has given you enough grace to see your life through. That's probably some of the best advice, words of wisdom that you could ever receive you know I, and I say this you know this, one of the one of the most important things that I've learned in my 48 years of living is that Ooh, you, oh. oh really oh he's just oh he's so disrespectful okay uh-huh. so moving on the um I wasn't gonna talk about your little gray, flash of gray hair and your and your hairdo but I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep it rolling Whatever. the um it's cute though oh it's cute okay mm-hmm. Okay, moving on. I digress. You made me forget my train of thought. What was your I mom? 
my mom, mm-hmm. the love of my life. I love her so much, Martha Hughes. Mm-hmm. Love you, mom. Yes. The um, she is the strongest woman I have ever known, and I, I want to sound a little jaded or biased because it's, it's my mom, but I've learned this one true reality: when I die and go on to be the Lord. I want my story to be told by the women that knew me best, the women that loved me. You know, the uh, the women in my life know my story. After all, it was the women that first came to the tomb of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Therefore, they had the faith first. They believed in the promise and they stepped into their purpose. Not trying to knock the the men out there, but they were there first. Y'all hear that, ladies? We are number one. We are the first. (laughs) We're needed. We're wanted. We're first. Remember that, ladies. Always, always, always remember that. You guys, so this really helps. I hope it helps you all understand, and I hope it helps people understand how John and I have moved through our process in our losses the reason why we keep going the reason why we keep smiling the reason why we have this great desire to serve and to help other people we know that there is a purpose for our pain there's a purpose for our life and we just want to have joy and find joy in the journey as we go through this chapter i'm going to say it's a chapter in our life we have many more chapters to come but in this chapter we're learning to deal with the life after loss at this moment. We don't believe, I don't believe that this is the end of our story. I believe that God has an even greater purpose and plan for our life. As your mom said, he's looked into our life and he knows our life before we're even born. And I can't wait to see what God has in store for us in this next chapter of our life with us together and with We Are The Hughes. Hey, hun, nobody said it was going to be easy. But I am set, ready to go with you in this thing called love and life and marriage. And I think I feel honored that you chose me and I chose you for this little journey called marriage, love and happiness. And rather than me disappointments, the highs and the lows, this journey is going to be real as long as it's with you. Hey, guys. I'm John Hughes. And I'm Kenya Hughes. And together, Together, we we are the Hughes. We're so excited about this journey, this podcast, We Are the Hughes. And we'll see you again next week, 8 o'clock. 8.30. 8.30. I'm sorry, Stank. Sorry. 8.30 with a new podcast. Um, We'll be launching it really soon, and we're we're having fun. We're having a blast. Talk to y'all next week. Peace. Bye. Uh oh, we're back. Part two, Mike Checker. What microphone are you checking? I don't know. But guess what, guys? It's John Hughes. And Kenya Hughes. And together, together we, we are the Hughes. Hughes. Back for part two.
You guys, we are so happy to be back this evening to talk to you all about our second part series on life after loss. So last week we talked a little bit, not a little bit, we talked quite a bit about our journey, um, how we got to where we are and why we're doing what we're doing. We closed out last week talking about Selah and Selah means Stuart, everything, loving, always husband. John talked about being a steward of his home and how he supported me and supports me in the journey that we're on through infertility. And this week, we're just going to go back through and we're going to complete what has happened to us after we have had our losses. As you know, um, this is this really is for anyone that is listening to us. But this episode, we're really podcast. We're really talking to our people that um, and our women and our men and our couples that have lost children through infertility. This week here actually is the week National Infertility Awareness Week. So we need to talk about it, take the stigma off of it and really make people aware of infertility. So one of the things that I want to talk about, as you all know, I love quotes. You all heard me last week, quote, quote, quote. One of the quotes that I read says, it is hard to wait around for something you know might never happen, but it is even harder to give up when you know it is everything you want. Wow. Isn't that powerful? That's powerful. Yes. So for us, it has been hard to wait around for something that we know may never happen. We know that God has a plan and a purpose for our life. And we are okay with that plan and that purpose for our life. It has not easy been an easy journey to get there, but it's still hard. And it says in the end, but it is even harder to give up when you know it is everything you want. We haven't given up, you guys. Here's the thing. This is a constant journey. We're always moving. We're always evolving. We're always praying uh, secretly. I wouldn't even say secretly. Sometimes we're still searching and hoping and wishing that that one day will come when we can take that test that I talked about last week. When I talked about laying and taking the P test, we can take that P test and it comes back pregnant and the baby sticks. That's the goal that we have for ourselves. And I know that there are many of you all that have that out there as well. We often have asked ourselves, what were you going to say, John? Well, you know, I, I think it's very important that we also understand that uh, as as human beings we 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 expect to win mm-hmm. we expect not to see ourselves personally fail or be disappointed or not expect what we expect right and we have to be mature enough and wise enough to realize that not everything is going to go our way that's a hard pill to swallow a really hard pill to swallow when you you grow up so as women we grow up Not all women, I'm going to say. A lot of women that I know, including myself, grow up thinking that we're going to have children. We're going to have this white picket fence and life is going to be perfect. And then you get to that stage in your life where it doesn't happen. And then there's the disappointment. That is a very hard pill to swallow. And then you go year after year after year of the disappointments. Then you begin to question yourself, why? Why us? But you always have said, John, and you've taught me, why not us? Amen. I think it's also um, what we have to realize is that not everybody's process is the same. Right. So, you know, your your process could take uh, a couple of months or a couple of years. 
Um, no one is assigned a certain pro- pro- uh, promise without a uh, particular process attached to it. Um, a lot of us uh, believe also that we're entitled to something. Oh, that's good. And um, in fact, there's no promises placed on the table. When you're brought into this world as a human being, there's nothing but hope and promises that have been brought to you that you may or may not be able to fulfill. That's true. You know, you you said you may, you may get it and you may get it when you, I don't remember exactly how you just said it, but you have to also be of the acceptance that it may not happen for you. Amen. So if you become of the acceptance that it may not happen for you, moving through the process becomes that much easier. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you all, delay, though, you guys, does not mean denial. Amen. Just because you've been delayed does not mean that you have been denied. You can go on to do great things in other aspects and other parts of your life with or without a child. So for John and I, after our five miscarriages, our failed adoption, and the loss of John's twin brother, we asked ourselves, why not us? We have now learned, we used to ask ourselves, I'm sorry, why us? Not why not us. We would ask ourselves, why us? Why are we going through these things? Why does God do these things to us? But now we've learned to ask ourselves, why not us? What I've learned over the last um, six, seven, eight years is that we have a story to tell. And had we not gone through what we have gone through, we wouldn't have a story to tell. We wouldn't be touching lives and changing lives. Our test, our testimonies, but that doesn't mean that they are for us. Our testimonies are oftentimes for someone else. We have to learn to be at peace. One of my favorite quotes that a friend told me one time that was going through a divorce, she came to visit me at work. And she just looked broken. And I said, are you okay? She said, can you one day I'll move from pieces to piece. And when I get from pieces to piece, I'll be okay. That friend now has gone on to do some amazing things in her life. And I'm so proud of her. But that has always stuck with me that you have to know that no matter where you are in your journey and in your story, that it inspires. At a point in life, you're going to go from the pe- the broken pieces that you are to a place of peace. That was just so powerful for me. What peace means? Peace, it does not mean to be in a place where there is no noise, trouble, or hard work. It means to be in the mind, in the midst of those things and still be calm in your heart. One more time. Peace, it does not mean to be in a place where there is no noise, trouble, or hard work. It means to be in the midst of those things and still be calm in your heart. No matter what's going on in your life, no matter what chaos you have going on in your life, to be able to be in a place of peace through it all, that is where we all strive and that's where we all want to be. I believe that one day we'll all wake up and our vision will be clear. We will understand that there is a purpose in our pain and we will find our place of peace. That's our goal that I have for John and I. Um, Each day that we go through life, I strive to have more and more peace in my life. And that's that's incredible, hon. So listen to this definition uh, to purpose. The reason for which something is done created or which something exists 
and you go down and you check on this other definition it has have as one's intention or objective god has always allowed suffering even purposed it mm. so in order for you to realize your purpose your destiny god will shake up the waters of your life especially when you have gone through waters that's been nothing but smooth sailing god will intentionally shake up the waters so that you will run into some adversity and the adversity is designed to shape you in the character and the movement and the journey that you must go in order for you to realize what you're meant to do mm, that is good here's when we find our purpose right we go through things in life uh, as john said that definition was great we begin to find our purpose when you find your purpose then you find your peace for us through this loss it has allowed us to figure out our purpose in life some of the things that we have done and how we have dealt with our loss is we have started doing random acts of love in our community and those you guys bring us the great for me they bring us the greatest joy uh, i'm getting ready to have my 44th birthday in may and i have asked 44 people to do 44 random acts of kindness when we're doing these things, we've gone through, if we did not have this loss that we have gone through, I may not be inspired to do the things that I'm doing, but we're also helping people along the way. From doing our random acts of love, we've been able to start a nonprofit, We Are The Hughes, where we serve the underserved in our community and in other cities. The we in We Are The Hughes are the people that we serve, that serve along with us and the people that we serve. They are all a part of our community. John, one of the things that he has done to find purpose um, is to be a big brother for big brothers, big sisters. He's had a big, I'm sorry, he's a big, he's had a little for the last eight years. So we met his little when he was in middle school. He's now gone on to graduate from high school and they still have a great relationship. God, when I tell you all this part, God has blessed us with more children than we could even dream of through our acts of service and of love. Oh, Lord, don't send no more. Why don't we can't no send any more, Oh, Lord, Jesus. Why not? Ooh, I'm a little cheering off, Jane. You know, you know, I meant to talk to you about um the this weekend going when we did the little Easter egg hunt, when we always do it every year. You guys. How many babies did we have in the front yard? 12? I think it was 12. It was 12? I think so. It yes. seemed like more. John, you guys, so each year we do this Easter egg. We used to, It used to be an Easter egg dinner. Now it's just a straight Easter egg party. Like, it's just gone past the dinner part. <laughs> we eat, but it is just a straight party. But Easter is one of my favorite... Actually, no. It is my favorite holiday. And I'll tell you why. For me, I love children. John loves children. Every other holiday, the children spend with... So Christmas is a big holiday for children, right? You spend it with your family. You spend it with your parents. Their birthdays, they spend it with their family. They spend it with their parents. Easter is a holiday for me that I can express my love to the children that are nearest and dearest to me. Now, it's always a process. Lord, have mercy is it a process Ooh. to get prepared and get to that point for the Easter party. But we have so much fun with those children. Those children have allowed me to find purpose in my life and also have allowed me to bless 
other children and open my heart up to op- uh, to other children. We have one child that started with Chloe, who was six years old when we started our Easter dinner. Chloe is now 18 and graduating. And now there are these 11 other children that have come behind her. And this really all started because of her. So she has touched our life and she really has helped us find the purpose um, at a very early stage of our miscarriage and our loss. Love her to death. You know, it's funny. Uh, my wife dreams up these these incredible events and she has me involved with the process. And I am um, nicknamed her free labor. So she uh, really she. She uses me to to her best ability, and um, I love being uh, be putting put into a situation where I get to serve her in any of her endeavors, and we we feed off each other because the projects that we do are designed to put us in a position to serve. And uh, if it says in scripture that that's your minimal service, um, I'm glad to do so. The um, every single year. I have to put out anywhere from 40 to 80 bales of pine straw, depending on how bad the beds are, the flower beds are around the bushes and everything. Oh, he complains. And every single year I have somewhere a two-year-old or three-year-old, five, six, seven, they're arguing with me while I tell them to get out of my pine straw. But I got the little solution this year. This year I'm going to use a little special device called the attention getter. Which I'm going to be able to use next year when I when I want them little um, miniature uh, people to get out of my yard from messing up my pine straw. John is like he loves children, but he's really like Ebenezer Scrooge when it comes to the children. <laughs> the children were drawing on the sidewalk. No, my wife is an enabler. That's what she is. Drawing on the sidewalk, you all. That's not... You know, why that you sidewalk them? chalk. That's what they're supposed why to do. Why don't you tell the truth? They're supposed to draw. They did graffiti up our driveway. They had a hilarious. mural... A mural of confusion in my driveway. They're so sweet, though. They say, Uncle John, Auntie Kenya, they're so sweet. How does a... a, a a five-year-old who's supposed to be drawing chalk on the pavement end up having chalk over at every single inch of his body. He just needed a little bit of lotion. No, he yeah, he looked like he needed some lotion. He must have rolled <laughs> in the chalk. <laughs> Anyways, you all, that dinner, that act is very special to us. The next thing that we do, we have been able to emcee events together and individually. And that has been a blessing to us because... We started our We Are the Hughes nonprofit, and in starting the nonprofit, it opened doors up for us to be able to talk about our infertility journey, talk about serving. It's opened doors. Two weeks ago, we spoke on an infertility panel in um, Douglas County, Georgia. Um, we spoke to about 40 women about our journey and our story, and how we, as a couple, have made it through infertility a lot of couples don't make it through this journey they either grow further apart we have grown closer through our infertility journey so we talk about that john and i john and i have also emceed some events so if you all need an MC for any events (laughs) it's a shameless plug i'm just saying (laughs) just make sure you call us we are a lot of fun i know that you all can't see us you can hear us but we're a ton of fun i'm not like tooting our own horn 
But that's what people tell us that we're fun. Okay, I digress. You digress? Moving I'm just on. saying. Okay, so the events. We have uh, we emceed our church's jazz fest. We have emceed, what else did we do, John? We did the church's jazz fest. Right. We did. Oh, I've emceed our women's tea. I emceed a women's conference in Augusta. I'm just I'm just telling you all. We're there if you need us. We're there if you need us. Okay. We've also mentored married couples um, and couples going through infertility struggles. Let me tell you all, if y'all have not figured it out, John is like the best counselor, the best motivator. He can come up with words, and I don't mean just any word, but words of wisdom, words of advice, words of encouragement, words of love, where sometimes I am like, "Mm -mm, I'm done. John can speak life over an entire, like totally over your situation. So those are some of the things that we have been able to do. So those are what we have done to be able to find our purpose. And what we've also learned to do is we've learned to find joy in the journey. Amen. The journey is not easy. The journey is long. You can get tired. You can grow weary. You can be angry. Or you can find joy in it. Early in the journey... We were tired. We were weary. I was angry. But I was able to pray and move through that. And now I'm able to find joy. The things that I just talked about, the things that we do, that is what helps us to find joy in our journey. So we are going to continue to find joy in the journey and where we are. John, how do you feel about, what can you tell the our listeners about finding joy in the journey? Well, you know, as you 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 go through your journey of disappointment you as a man me personally the first thing comes comes to mind is how do you acknowledge recognize and accept the pain that you're going through because you have to gather yourself quickly so that you can run to the aid of your mate As a man, I need to make sure and know that my mate, a.k.a. Kenya Hughes, my wife and love of my life, um, is okay. And uh, when you have a series of um, miscarriages, there's an emotional roller coaster that you that you go through that no one outside of your immediate family really knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, people can assume that they know what's going on and they can they can say to you, I know how you feel, but they really don't know how you feel. And uh, that's a scary part. You know, emotionally, you're so detached and so stressed about what is happening. You can't process it. Right. You, you can't even see what the solution really is. Right. But through all of that, you still somehow, you end up on the other side. I like to say we end up on the other side of through. So we end up on the other side of through. And then when we end up on the other side of what we've gone through, then we begin the second part of our journey. In the second part of our journey, that's where we find the joy in the journey. So all the things that John talked about is the first part of the journey. Now we're on the second part of the journey. And that's where we have to find the joy. You did say one thing, John, though, that you said, no, your immediate 
your immediate family or some of the people that know what you're going through. Sometimes, you guys, you think that your immediate family knows, but they don't really know, right? You're going through situations. You're going through things in life. And sometimes when you're in a partnership, you're in a marriage, you're in um, a relationship, the only people that really know what you're going through is the person that you are in it with. So your family is not going to be able to understand. They're not going to be able to relate. I think I think also this is very important that this is not a closed door journey. I think the number one mistake that we make as couples that are going through miscarriages is that we get we get so private. Mm-hmm. I think that's truly the mistake. I think we should you should be very very open to speak about what's going on with your miscarriages. And I'll tell you why. In the past, keeping this inside of your heart, inside of your home stops you from having the discussion about what happened. And that discussion will take you onto the road of healing. Mm. Self-reflection, having the conversations with your mate, having your conversations with counselors, having the conversations with your pastor, or having the conversations with your doctor that creates a dialogue of healing. Um, I think it's very important that it first starts with your significant other, that both of you look at this particular journey as no one's fault, that you also see it as, even though it's an opportunity that did not happen, that there are new opportunities that it will and can happen. I think it's important that we also realize that when God says, when you say no, it just means that God is saying not yet. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that can be relevant in so many aspects of our life. When God says no, we often want to say, it's not going to happen to me. It's never going to happen to me. But that is exactly what John said. That does not mean, that's not what he means. Everything happens in his time. Let me tell you, I have a testimony. I'm not going to share it tonight. But it, it, it was it's definitely a testimony of where I believe that God was telling me no. But it was definitely a not yet moment. So what I want you all to know that in life after loss, the key points are that we have to move through the process. We have to find joy in the journey. You've got to go through your five steps. We've got your steps of grief that you have to go through. You also have to know that you can't give up and you got to know your reasons why. You got to have your reasons why you're going through what you're going through. Why you're going through it for yourself. You got to know why. what is God trying to teach you in going through that process. Because there's a lesson in everything, you guys. As much as we do not want to believe that, everything that we go through, whether we do it to ourselves, we bring it on ourselves, whether it happens because someone has done something to us, they have wronged us, they have lied about us, whatever it is that has happened, there's a reason for that. And in that, you have to learn 
how to move through the process. In all of those things, we lose something. You may not lose something necessarily physically. You may not lose a child. You may not lose your husband. You may not lose your sibling. You may lose hope in your job. You may lose faith in humanity, but you have to know that there is a reason why that, and that is all a part of your testimony. So when we talk about life after loss, that can be lost in so many different aspects of your life. So it's how you take the loss part and how you relate that to your life. And even in that loss, you're still going through stages of of grief and disappointment and hurt. But what do you do when you get on the other side of that? I think it's I think it's also um, very important that we all realize that when we're hit with something that our character, our ego, our position, our uh, our blessed life Mm -hmm. doesn't reflect when it happens it doesn't reflect what we think we should have oh yes that we're mature enough yes to accept the moment the time that we are strong enough to recognize that we're not perfect Mm. and in our imperfect situation that we're not broken, we're not unworthy, we have purpose, we're desired, we're wanted. Uh, and as we go through this particular part of our life where we might consider it to be a failure or, or a denial, that we have garnered up the strength that we need to see it through. Um, when we're hit with these type of... Uh, disappointments in life that we think that we can't make it through that we are already pre-wired to be strong Mm. and when you're pre-wired to be strong you're pre-wired to survive you know there's nothing that in life that we don't have a survivability factor right that we can survive these situations it all depends on how we look at it right you know, um, we have to realize that we're given enough rations mm. to survive the struggle. My mom always told me, said, John, God has looked into your life before you were even born and has given you enough grace to see your life through. That's probably some of the best advice, words of wisdom that you could ever receive you know I, and I say this you know this, one of the one of the most important things that I've learned in my 48 years of living is that Ooh, you, oh. oh really oh he's just oh he's so disrespectful okay uh-huh. so moving on the um I wasn't gonna talk about your little gray, flash of gray hair and your and your hairdo but I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep it rolling the um it's cute though oh it's cute okay mm-hmm. Okay, moving on. I digress. You made me forget my train of thought. What was your I mom? My mom, mm-hmm. the love of my life. I love her so much, Martha Hughes. Mm-hmm. Love you, mom. Yes. The um, she is the strongest woman I have ever known, and I I want to sound a little jaded or biased because it's, it's my mom, 
But I've learned this one true reality. When I die and go on to be the Lord, I want my story to be told by the women that knew me best, the women that loved me. You know, the uh, the women in my life know my story. After all, it was the women that first came to the tomb of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Therefore, they had the faith first. They believed in the promise and they stepped into their purpose. Not trying to knock the the men out there, but they were there first. Y'all hear that, ladies? We are number one. We are the first. (laughs) We're needed. We're wanted. We're first. Remember that, ladies. Always, always, always remember that. You guys, so this really helps I hope it helps you all understand and I hope it helps people understand how John and I have moved through our process and our losses the reason why we keep going the reason why we keep smiling the reason why we have this great desire to serve and to help other people we know that there is a purpose for our pain there's a purpose for our life and we just want to have joy and find joy in the journey as we go through this chapter, I'm going to say it's a chapter in our life. We have many more chapters to come. But in this chapter, we're learning to deal with the life after loss at this moment. We don't believe, I don't believe that this is the end of our story. I believe that God has an even greater purpose and plan for our life. As your mom said, he's looked into our life and he knows our life before we we're even born. And I can't wait to see what God has in store for us in this next chapter of our life with us together and with We Are The Hughes. Hey, hon, nobody said it was going to be easy, but I am set, ready to go with you in this thing called love and life and marriage. And I think I feel honored that you chose me and I chose you for this little journey called marriage, love and happiness. And rather than me, disappointments, the highs and the lows, this journey is going to be real as long as it's with you. Hey, guys, I'm John Hughes. And I'm Kenya Hughes. And together, Together, we we are the Hughes. We're so excited about this journey, this podcast, We Are the Hughes. And we'll see you again next week, 8 o'clock. 830. 830. I'm sorry, Stank. Sorry. 830 with a new podcast. Um, the, we'll be launching it really soon and we're, we're having fun. We're having a blast. Talk to y'all next week. Peace. Bye.